Thanks for downloading this podcast from RNIB Connect Radio. It's time for our first visit of 2017 to eAccess Bulletin. Now, each month we'll be speaking with Tristan Parker and we'll be talking about some of the highlights on the forthcoming free publication which looks at uh, all sorts of topics around assistive technology. And Tristan is with us now. Tristan, thank you for joining us. Hi, Alan. So let's uh, get straight into some of the highlights that are coming up in the bulletin. We will give people details at the end if they'd like to receive the uh, the free publication. But let's start off, first of all, with uh, a plea from a UK charity. Uh, that's right. Our lead news story this month is a charity called Cambridge Online. So this is obviously a UK-based charity based in Cambridgeshire. And they offer digital skills training to people with disabilities and older people around the sort of wider community in Cambridgeshire. So that could be anything from helping people who've never used the internet before to get online, to teaching people how to use a tablet computer or a smartphone, showing people how to search for jobs online or pay their bills online, really kind of wide range of things. And they also offer bespoke training on, so if there's a topic that someone wants to learn about then they can help that person learn that particular digital skill so the charity helps hundreds of people each year and they provide thousands of one-to-one personal tutorials it's largely run by volunteers it's also funded by a mix of grants and donations from council and local businesses and organizations unfortunately although cambridge online has been going since the mid-90s they haven't been able to sort of round up the usual funds that they need to keep the charity running. So there are some fees due to arrive at the charity in April, but the situation has got so bad that unless they can find some funding in the next few weeks, they'll be forced to shut because there's just not enough money to keep those running costs going for the next few weeks. So they're looking for £20,000 in funding, which is a lot of money, of course, but I'm hoping that by publicising the cause in the bulletin, that might drum up a bit of interest from local businesses because it really is a very valuable charity providing some really crucial digital skills to a group of people. Absolutely. So it's, it is a shame that it's at that stage, but hopefully that we can get some support there. And that, will there be contact details in the bulletin if people want to get involved and help out? There will, yeah, absolutely. There's a Just Giving campaign or people can email the CEO of the charity directly and all those uh, details and web addresses will be in the bulletin. Okay, let's uh, move on to gaming now very popular these days in the 21st century and uh, more and more now we are hearing about games being sort of made more accessible that's right there's a game called tower station that's spelled t-a-u it's a kind of online role-playing game i suppose it's got a science fiction theme it's set in the future and players have to kind of explore this universe that's been created for them I think the plot is that humanity has almost been wiped out and people have to sort of come and play the game in order to... They can do a variety of things. They can either try and help humanity back from its sort of terrible position or they can just explore this tower station universe that's been created for them. But the main thing is that the developers were really, really keen to make the game as accessible as possible to people with all kinds of impairments or disabilities. They put in a huge range of accessibility measures, probably more than I've seen in a game before. As you said, accessible gaming, it is becoming a more recognised issue now, which is fantastic. 
but I feel that developers of Tower Station really kind of went that extra mile. So, I mean, first of all, this universe that they created for the online game, it's all text-based. There are no kind of fancy graphics or images. It's a text-based universe that people can explore through a number of ways. There are lots of different devices that you can use to play the game. So if you use a keyboard or a mouse, but if people are unable to use those things, people can navigate the game through voice dictation or a switch. There are so many measures in place to, to make sure that the game has been made as accessible as possible. So I thought it would be really interesting to speak to developers and kind of just get them to go through some of the measures and why they've sort of undertaken this mission and just to really sort of publicise the cause that accessible gaming is a very big topic and it's something that developers should be thinking about. Great, nice to hear uh, more news on games, always good for in my book. Now we're moving on to uh, a bit of a personal story this one but it's all about an honour. That's right. So this is a news piece on Robin Christofferson. And Robin is the head of digital inclusion at technology access charity AbilityNet. I did an interview with him a few months ago, actually. And he's always a very fascinating chap to speak to. But Robin has recently received an MBE in the Queen's New Year's Honours list at the beginning of the year, which is great. I mean, he's done a huge amount of work over many, many years in using and promoting technology, assistive technology, and all kinds of devices that can help people with disabilities. So Robin is blind himself, and he undertakes a lot of testing of of assistive products to see how effective they are at helping people with sight loss. And he also does a lot of campaign work for a lot of issues, but again, sort of primarily speaking about this use of technology and how digital technology can really benefit people with disabilities and impairments. It's fantastic that Robin was, was recognised for his hard work. And I also think it's quite a positive step forward for digital inclusion and assistive technology as a whole. I think that by giving someone like Robin an MBE, something so public, I feel that can only help sort of put things like web accessibility and assistive technology, put those things a bit more on the map and sort of shed a bit more light onto those kind of topics and push them towards the mainstream, which is crucial. It's what needs to happen. As you say, Tristan, it is great to hear someone getting an honour like that and putting accessibility at the forefront there. Now, uh, the bulletin itself also gives readers the chance to ask questions of yourself and indeed other readers. And once again, uh, that continues in the next bulletin and a question from a reader overseas. That's right. In this month's Reader's Inbox section, we have some questions from a reader in Zambia. and He writes in with three requests asking about how someone who is blind can use a range of online tools and apps and different kinds of assistive software. So first of all, the reader, whose name is Mubanga Chipalo, apologies if I've pronounced that incorrectly. First of all, he says that he's interested in writing books and he's looking for information on how someone who's blind can write manuscripts but using speech dictation programs. So that's his first request. And he also asks for information on how people with sight loss can use LinkedIn. LinkedIn, of course, is a very popular networking and job-seeking site. So he's kind of interested in using LinkedIn a bit more, but being blind, he wants to know how he can sort of best use the site. The final topic is that he wanted to know how he might be able to use PayPal. So again, PayPal, very, very popular online payment system used all across the world. But uh, Mabanga wants to know kind of 
how accessible it is for someone with sight loss and what kinds of tools and apps and assistance there are for someone in his condition using PayPal. So if anyone has any knowledge of those topics, please do get in touch and be good to sort of share share that information, not just with Mabanga, but with lots of other people who are probably wondering similar things. Indeed, so a bit of a flavour of the next issue there, Tristan. If people would like to find out more about e-accessibility or sign up for the, the free publication, how do they do that? Yeah, okay. As you said, it's an absolutely free newsletter and it's just once a month you'll get an email with all the information and news in. So all people need to do to sign up is go to the following web address and it's important to say that there's no www in front of this like traditional web addresses. You just need to put this into your search bar, lists.headstar.com. So that's L-I-S-T-S dot H-E-A-D star.com with no www in front of it. We also publish most of the content from the newsletter on our blog site called eAccessibility and Live. So if you want to get a flavour of what we do, have a look at that. And you can see that content by heading to the following web address, which does have www in front of it. So that's www.headstar.com slash EAB live. So you can see most of our content on there. You can always contact us over Twitter. So our Twitter handle is at eAccessBulletin, all one word. So that's at E-A-C-C-E-S-S-B-U-L-L-E-T-I-N. And of course, you're always very welcome to email me directly. And if you have any ideas for stories, if there are any people out there who have some requests for information that other readers might be able to help with, can email me on eaccessbulletin at gmail.com. Tristan, pleasure as always speaking with you, and thanks for joining us once again on RNIB Connect Radio. Thanks very much, Alan. For more downloads like these, visit rnibconnectradio.org.uk slash podcasts. <laughs>